Growing Up, our brand new resource for churches and parents is out now. Woohoo! With Sunday school sessions, training videos, podcast episodes for parents and one for the whole family. All there to help our children navigate the confusion, filter the messages they're surrounded by and hear God's good story. All our Growing Up resources point to the Heavenly Father who loves our children even more than we do and has the answer to their biggest questions about who they are and how to live. Together, as families and churches, we can support each other to start good conversations about bodies, gender and marriage so our children can grow up hearing God's good story. Head over to the website faithinkids.org and find out all the details about growing up. It's like this power-packed message that when the Spirit of God moves upon the heart, instantly it's quickened unto the child to understand. And you never know when that's going to happen. And so as we are faithfully discharging that gospel message again and again and again, we've done our job. And now we watch and wait for God to do His, to transform the life of our child in His perfect timing. Hello, this is the Faith in Parents podcast. I'm Ed. I am thrilled to have with me Marty Machowski, who is the author of a whole bundle of brilliant resources that if you don't already know, then I hope straight after this podcast, you'll know them better. Uh, Marty, you're currently where in the world? I am on the eastern side of the United States in Pennsylvania, just outside the city of Philadelphia in the suburbs. And it's great to be on your program, Ed. Thank you so much. And Marty, if you were to, um, if you were to walk out of the door of the building you're in now, what would you see? What is it like? Uh, we have beautiful blue skies. It's about uh, 70 degrees Fahrenheit. We've had excellent weather. It's fall. The trees are changing. They're full of color. And uh, it's a great time to uh, be alive. This is the day the Lord has made, and uh, it's a great day. Hallelujah. That's the sort of positivity we need more of. Marty, I'm really pleased. Marty, just tell us a bit about yourself, uh, what your life looks like, what you get busy with. Well, I'm a pastor full-time. And I've been serving at the same church for 33 years. And in all that time, I have worked with families and children. Uh, most recently, not so much with the challenges uh, around quarantines and such, but um, I have six children. They uh, are ranging in age from uh, 28. I have twins, a boy and a girl. They're both married. All the way down to 18, I have a senior in high school, Amelia, who's still with us. 
Our, our daughter, Anna, who goes to the university near our home, is also at home. And uh, my wife, Lois, and I have uh, been married for, uh, I would say, about 32 years. If you uh, have six children and the youngest is coming to the end of their time in high school, are you still able to remember what it's like to change nappies and to uh, have crying kids on their way to school? Well, I'm, I've got a fresh dose of remember this because I've got grandchildren now. <laughs> so I have three grand- grandchildren, two more on the way. And uh, yeah, I'm all back into it again. Okay. Which... But it's a little easier, you know? I'd only have to do it for uh, maybe four hours at a time. But yes, the crying, uh, the diaper changing, okay. uh, the trying to figure out what's wrong because they can't talk yet even, I'm all back into it. If you were in the UK, Marty, I think you you would be in a very, very small number of people who would have stuck with Children's and Families Ministry for that long. I off the top of my head, I'd be struggling to name more than one or two people I've ever met in this country. So what what has kept you doing that ministry? You, your head must have been turned by some slightly more glorious ministries with some even bigger pulpits than yours. Well, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I went to a a gathering of youth and children's ministers at the local Christian school. They were having a pastor's appreciation day, a breakfast. And some of the men were, you know, discussing, where did you go to school? What do you do? And uh, so they, when it came my turn, they said, what do you do? I said, well, uh, I work with children. Uh, I lead our children's ministry. And you could see their gears turning inside. They were thinking, oh, an older guy, he, he must have gotten started later in life. And, and then they say, so how long have you been doing that? And I said, 33 years. And immediately their heads hung <laughs> on my behalf in shame. Oh my gosh, a failure. He couldn't even make it to youth ministry. The poor man's still working with children. But in fact, uh, our children are one of the greatest mission fields before us. They are an unreached people group in their own right. There are people, a young people, ready to hear, willing to know. And we have this great privilege to pass on this treasure, the gospel that has been bestowed upon us. And as Asaph says in Psalm 78, we will not hide them. What the glorious deeds of the Lord from our children. And that's my mission. That's what I feel like God's called me to. I mean, that is an incredible passion. How hard is it to maintain that passion? Are there still encouragements? Are you still seeing surprises in what you're doing? What keeps you getting out of bed after 33 years to serve children with snotty noses and uh, annoying habits of not concentrating when they should? Well, you know, I think that uh, the challenge for some is they begin, they get tired out, they go into the trenches, and then they just say, I got to get out of this. It's too much work. But they do that before they get the privilege of seeing the fruit of their labors. I now see the fruit of our labors. There's there's a young man who uh, is serving on our pastoral team who I can remember his mom holding him as a very active three to four-year-old. 
He could barely be held in her arms. He was so big and and wriggly, just moving around. He had to be kicked out of uh, children's ministry again because he couldn't be uh, satisfied. And I thought, what's going to happen to that kid? Well, he's now a pastor at our church. He's now leading our missions program. He's he's working with the youth, and I see the fruit of it. Uh, there's nothing more glorious than seeing the fruit of your labors to give you the motivation to continue. And so for parents, I say this, you're, you're looking at your kids and you're thinking, I'm never going to reach these kids. I, everything I'm doing is ineffective. I say, no, uh, do not be discouraged. Keep working, keep laboring. The little things that you do can make a huge difference. You'll, you'll speak to your 28 year old one day and they'll say, I remember mom when you did this. And you'll think that had an impact, that little thing I did. So don't give up. God is at work through you. <laughs> Marty, that is the benefit, not wishing to be rude to you in your years. But those stories, they must be like gold dust. When you tell those stories to parents in your church, I would imagine, I would imagine that must be unbelievably encouraging to, to, to daydream of what their children could be for the Lord. Well, it is. It's it's most encouraging to parents who find that their children are going through difficulty. So, you know, you, you have a rough time of it with an infant trying to get them to sleep when they're supposed to sleep and eat when they're supposed to eat. But then for most parents, there's this season of ease where your children generally are following along. Sure, they have a bad day, but generally they're they're. Their challenges are child-sized challenges. You know, if they say, no, I don't want to get up, you could pick them up out of bed and say, yes, we're going to get you dressed. And you pull their pajamas off and you put on their shirt. Pretty hard to pull off the pajamas and put on a shirt of a 16-year-old who says they're not getting out of bed to do school. And you can't make me. And so I have parents in those difficult years who wonder, you know, how am I going to get on with this? What, what, you know, what's going to bring help to me? And I love to encourage them with, uh, you know, the, the scriptures say, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. And what you see in the picture of that psalm is that, uh, God is a builder who wants to work with you. God is a watchman who wants to look over the walls with you and guard the city of your family. And, and the, the bottom line to the secret is that you can't do it alone. I mean, that's the Bible's message. But the glory in it is that the Lord is offering to help you. And so when I find that parents are most discouraged, I, I find parents who have forgotten that the Lord wants to partner with them and they don't have to do it alone. Like I'll ask them, so you've tried everything. Yes, I've tried everything. Uh, so can I ask you a question? How much have you prayed? Well, yeah, I need to do that. I, yeah, that's a good idea. I, I should have thought of that. And it's like, no, you need to pray. You know, I, I can remember my son Noah was 
uh, an extremely lazy young man. He he refused to do work. One day we were splitting wood, and after the first split, he said, you know, we don't have to do any more, do we? And I said, no, we've barely begun. We had a whole stack of logs to split, and he was not interested. And uh, we began to pray for our son. Lord, would you work in his heart? One day I came home, and I looked out in the backyard, and there he was stacking the wood. And I thought, oh, my goodness, how did my wife get him to stack the wood? And so I went in and I asked my wife, I said, how did you get our son to stack the wood? And she said, I I didn't get him to do it. He said that he wanted to go out and stack the wood because he thought it would be a blessing to dad. And I said, oh, my Lord, there is a God in heaven. (laughs) And I went out and, and that's what he shared with me. Dad, I just wanted to bless you. And I realized, okay. I could have forced him. I could have twisted his arm. I could have punished his way into being more diligent. But that is not anywhere near as effective as when God works upon the heart of a child and transforms it from the inside out. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're waiting for. And so parents, if you're discouraged, that's what you should be praying for because God will build the house with you. He'll watch over your flock, your little flock at home. He's the second watchman on the wall. Who can see the the whole city walls? If if someone attacks from the north, but you're looking to the south, you can't even see them coming. But with the Lord on the wall who sees all, you never fear the enemy's advance. God will be there on your side. Amen, my brother. Marty, thank you. Thank you for that encouragement. Uh, I need to hear that today. My daughter, she's 13. She had a terrible day yesterday with the kids in her class. She's not yet back from school as we record this. We prayed together. You know that feeling as a parent when you pray with a child who is desperate because you're really thinking as a parent, Lord, if you don't come good tomorrow, we're all in trouble. She's in trouble and I'm in trouble because I'm, I have nothing to offer her. I need to hear that, Marty, today. I'm very grateful to you. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, I'm guessing it's now more than a decade that you you have you have been writing books that you are seeking to put the ha- into the hands of every parent. Uh, and it, and I mean, just to mention a couple of my favourites, the ology is a beautiful. I have to say that slowly, the ology, because uh, so that's theology with a gap. That is a book, a beautifully looking book, that really you can put into the hands of any parent and you can just walk your child through how great their God is. It takes them really through. It's the topic questions. What is God like? Why aren't people kind? What's going to happen after granny dies? What's happening to granny now? It's, it's, you give us answers to that. Maybe you could call it a systematic theology for children. Uh, my family at the moment are going through Listen Up, a book of family Bible times on the on the parables. Can you what what is it in these books Marty you're trying to do who is it you have in your mind I want to provide resources to make parenting Christian parenting easy uh you know when I was uh as my children were growing up having six kids starting out with twins and then very quickly uh moving to a third child so we had literally at one point, three children in diapers. I I had all these kids 
and I'm spying my big, thick study Bible on the table next to the couch, next to the sofa. And I'm thinking, that's, there's no way. There's no way I know what to do with that thing. Where do I begin? Uh, Teach the Bible to my kids. Uh, I want to do that, but how? And and so I recognized if I'm the children's pastor thinking those things, the other families are thinking them the same. Or or I would start a devotion and feel like that was terrible. You know, what good is that going to do? And so I thought, I want to put together resources for parents to make it easy for them to do devotions with their family. Um much like uh, the book that you have coming out, Meals with Jesus, we want, and I see you've got the same heart as me, we want to give uh, parents everything they need so that they can literally pick up the book, they could flip open to any page and start by reading to their kids everything they need right there for them to teach this message, the life-transforming gospel. So uh, Paul said in the first chapter of Romans, I'm not uh, ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of salvation for everyone who believes. The power for salvation, the transformative message that can touch the life of an unbeliever and transform them by the working of the spirit to become a believer. And so, you know, our goal with our children as Christian parents, is to pass on our faith. We want to do that, but we're lost to know how. And so by giving a resource to parents to be able to share the gospel message, it's like this power-packed message that when the Spirit of God moves upon the heart, instantly it's quickened until the child to understand. And you never know when that's going to happen. And so as we are faithfully discharging that gospel message again and again and again, we've done our job. And now we watch and wait for God to do his, to transform the life of our child in his perfect timing. Marty, you would forgive some listeners for thinking you make it sound very easy. And maybe some are thinking, I wish I had his kids. (laughs) When he sits down at the table, the Bible just falls open and off they go. Have you got a word for those parents who get given one of your books for Christmas and there's a part of them that thinks, ah, oh, this is never going to work for me. What For the discouraged parent who wonders where to make a start with opening the Bible, or maybe even they have made them a start three years ago and it went so badly, they don't want to do it again. People think that because I write these devotions that I I come to the dinner table and I say, all right, children, it's time for devotions. And they all... Uh, you know, fold their hands nicely, smile and say, thank you, daddy. Begin. We're so excited. <laughs> but in fact, I can remember a time I'm doing family devotions and uh, nobody's paying attention. Not one of my six children. And and then two of them begin fighting. And I say, quiet, we're trying to do family devotions. And I'm thinking like, I just screamed to start my family devotions. That is not a good beginning. Um, I've had challenges with my children, significant ones. Um, my oldest son, Nathan, is doing wonderfully um, and is serving the Lord. He's a great father. Uh, but 
he went through a really difficult time. I got the call that no parent wants to get. Would you please come and pick up your son at the police station? I got that call more than once. I I discovered that my son was sneaking out of his uh, bedroom window so he didn't arouse us with the opening and closing of our doors to go into a local uh, park to drink alcohol with other church kids. And I was like, Lord, I am sleeping. I'm parenting all day. And how am I also to parent all night? And that's when I felt the Lord humble me. And and the message that I, I believe the Lord impressed upon me was, I don't want you parenting standing up with confidence. I want you parenting kneeling down. And so it was in the midst of my failures that I found God's grace to continue. So whatever your struggle is, your kids don't want to listen to devotions. I've been there. Your kids tell you your devotions are boring. I've been there. Your kids are rebelling. They're even getting arrested. I have been there. Know this, God is bigger. God is bigger than your challenges. God is bigger than their rebellion. And and yes, it's not always going to be easy, and it's not always going to go smooth. But here's what you know. I am sharing a message that transforms hearts, not by my power, my skill, but by the power of God. When the disciples came on the scene after Pentecost, the, the rulers said, these are unlearned men. What is going on here? Well, that's me. You know, that's you. You're not special. It's not easy for you. You just need to, you don't have to be fantastic. You just need to be faithful. And God does the rest. Marty, thank you for sharing that. You um, must be experienced at writing resources for families because you have tackled the Psalms. Uh, the next book to come out, Marty, is again a beautiful book. You you hit jackpot with your illustrator. Uh, you've but you've also you're you're I think, um, I think it could be one of those parts of the Bible that we all fear opening with our children. But you you haven't just dipped into it. You've you've properly gone for it. You know you're really trying to show us the whole breadth of them. And you've even tackled some of those really tricky psalms. Maybe we'll discuss that later. Marty, tell us, what what is it you think our families are going to get from the psalms and from the book you've written for them? Well, when I wrote Theology, I wanted to teach children about God. You know, theology. Theology is the study of God. And, and now, as children have gone through theology, I wanted them to now know how to pray to that God, to to speak to that God. And there's no better place to learn how to communicate with God than the Psalms, because they're the prayers of uh, the saints. They're the, they're the outcries for help. They're the requests for blessing, and they're the great praises over the the great blessings that God provides. So in the Psalms, we get to teach our kids how to connect with God. And and in Wonderful, I have a story 
a fictional story that goes along with the study of the Psalms, this young boy, Oliver, goes to live with his grandfather because his grandfather is dying. And it is there that he discovers this book, Wonderful, and um, he uh, takes it to a, a sit under a tree to read. His grandfather uh, meets him there and then ends up taking him through this book. And it's it is in watching the life of Oliver share the Psalms with his grandfather who's dying and learn how to be comforted through the Psalms that the children with their parents reading through Wonderful actually learn how to use the Psalms themselves. You deliberately then have made the backbone of this book the story of a grandchild preparing to say goodbye to their grandparent, which I guess means you expect this book and the Psalms to be our comfort in the worst of times. Absolutely. The the Psalms are so honest. They they are the travails, the cries of anguish. Uh, Psalm 3 is David crying out in the midst of his own son, Absalom, rebelling against him. Imagine your king and your son begins a rebellion, schemes against you, turns the men of Israel against you. What does the prayer look like of that dad going to the Lord when his son has rejected him completely and actually wants to depose him and and, and likely kill him? So, uh, you know, yeah, that's in there. That's in, in the Psalms. You don't have a more distressing difficulty than that, I can imagine. You've made these psalms possible for families. How how young do you think our children could be for this book to be helpful? Well, you know, when I write a book, I take into consideration families that have multiple aged children. And so uh, what I want to do is I want to provide wonderful illustrations so that if you have young children, preschool children, they can benefit from the illustrations. You know, my theory in my parenting has always been teach them before they can learn. So the moment they can learn, they can know. And so, you know, when my kids were growing up, um, I was reading to them things from the Bible that I knew they couldn't understand so that at the very moment that they could understand, it was there for them. So the the illustrations drawn the youngest children. I would say that the target audience is elementary age children, but I also recognize that there are some older elementary age children that might be mixed in. Just tell us, Marty, for an English audience, British audience, what does elementary mean? Uh, that would be a six years old through uh, about 12, the years of their primary school. Thank you. So so when you're in primary school, six, first grade, seven, second grade, and so forth, um, that's when that's the sweet spot of the age. But but what about if you have a, you know, you have a seven-year-old, you have a nine-year-old and you have a 13-year-old and the 13-year-old thinks like, oh, that's a, that's a picture book for children. What I've done is I haven't dumbed down the truth so that they can't learn. And 
I've put a section in the back of the book that's a more in-depth study of a few of the Psalms, five Psalms from each of the five books of the Psalms that gives uh, the older kids a challenging study that they can go through. So, you know, using it with a family, you can read it to a, a mixed group, a mixed age group of children, uh, a four-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a 10-year-old, and they can all benefit from learning about the Psalms. And then I try my best to not make easy-to-understand truth childish. And what I found is that parents have come to me and said, hey, shh, I just want to let you know, I'm learning more than the kids. And they're learning as well, which I hope parents will learn and can bring these truths back to their kids as they travel in their vehicle on their way to the, to the market or wherever they go. You have done the brave thing of uh, tackling some of those Psalms which theologians have grappled with for centuries, those psalms that that wish, I'm not sure I can say bad things, but wish punishment on their enemies, wish God to really get busy with the enemies right now. Can you just give us some help and maybe direct us to one of the psalms? What as a parent do we do? How do the psalms help us to parent when our children are being wronged by those in their school? Well, the Bible clearly teaches that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and that we are not to seek retribution against people in our own right. But the, the Bible, like here would be a great example. Israel is enslaved to uh, Egypt for 400 years. And what does God say? I have heard the cries of my people for deliverance. And so it is proper, it is biblical for us to call out to the God of vengeance when we are being oppressed by evil, even at the hands of particular people. Lord, would you deliver me from this person? Lord, would you, you know, and we don't have to wish for their demise, but we can speak the, that the judge would move on our behalf. And, and we see this very raw emotion of trusting God in the context of this wonderful book. And so when our kids are being bullied at school, uh, you know, some parents would be of the mindset like, yeah, teach your son how to fight. You know, give him boxing lessons. He can give a good crack across the face of this young man if he does that again. So much better to say, Lord, would you deliver me? And point our kids toward the Lord for his deliverance. This again is feeling raw for me. And what you've just said must be wisdom. Just just tell me when we pray that prayer <laughs> with great courage and great faith, just tell me what it looks like the next evening when your child comes back and says, dad, it's happened again. You know, faith is, is not getting now. It's trusting the Lord that I, I may not get it now, but he's heard my prayer. I've been going through my, with my daughter. He will never leave 
you know, the brokenhearted. He will never ignore the prayers of those who are feeling beaten down. Yeah, I think I think it's good to ask our children questions to help them think biblically rather than feel like you need to be the answer man. So if I'm praying with my uh, son or daughter, they go back to school, they're bullied again. Dad, we prayed, but it didn't work. What do you, here's a question. What do you think the Lord is doing? Because God is always at work. What is the Lord doing? What do you think he's building in you? What, how is this, how is this causing you to grow? Um, you know, we think that we should move ahead to the next level quickly, that, that it's automatic. It's like every step in life should be like a set of stairs. It's about eight inches tall. You know, it, it's so, so high and it's the same all the way up. Yeah, it's a little bit difficulty, but all we have to do is lift our foot and then we come to a cliff. And we're like, wait a minute, there's no stairs here. And you look up and you think, I've got to climb this? God, what are you doing? And and what we learn is through difficulty, through trusting God, long-suffering to be that persistent widow and then see his deliverance, um, there is character built. There's strength and resolve that is built, um, you know, and so I would say, just like the blacksmith shapes the tool with the hammer to ensure that it's the right shape and most effective, God often hammers us into the shape that he needs for our ultimate service. So asking our children, what is God, is God building trust? Is God building patience? You know, and... Uh, I think that our children can be brought to the place where they see that, yes, he is. So let's continue to trust the Lord. You know, uh, do not give up for in due time, you'll reap a harvest. We've got to keep planting. We've got to keep trusting. It's hard to believe those things when we sit next to a friend I think it moves us to tears when we think those thoughts as we sit on the bed of our child. And will we believe that? And, and I, I'm guessing your argument is the Psalms are the place to go in those moments. When we are thinking to ourselves, well, Lord, why can't this be happening to me? Because as an adult, I just have the beginnings of the emotional tools to confront these issues with. I, I cannot bear to see this happening to my children you presumably would want to say the Psalms are for those moments when we sit on our bed in tears with our kids. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, we want our enemies to be taken away. God says, I prepare a table in the presence of your enemies. Well, what, what is that table? That is in the midst, Psalm 23, in the midst of our struggle, the Lord will meet with us. and. You know, um, he can be our help in time of trouble. Uh, I'm moved by this conversation uh, and any discussion about parenting that has no room for these moments of despair, I would argue, can't be a conversation worth listening to. I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful to you for this book because um, 
uh, I really think giving parents a tool that allows us to talk through the hardest times when they're not just on the mountaintop, running through fields on holiday when the sun is shining. Those must be the tools we need the most. We wish life would be uh, one blessing to the next. But what I've come to know in my life, if not for the trials that the Lord had brought me, I would enjoy this world, these pleasures, more than the ones he's promised to give me, which are eternal. I would find my joy in this life, not the life to come. I would find my hope in my work, not the work of Jesus. Now, you, you, you can wish that there would be a trouble-free life for your child, but, but it's not the best course for most of our children. The troubles and the trials designed and fashioned by God are there for their benefit, for their good, so that they might come to know the, and depend on Christ alone for their daily bread. Otherwise, otherwise, I, I'm fearful that too many of our children would go the way of the world, look back and say, see, look how well I've done. I didn't need God. I could do it myself. That's really not a good thing. And so when I look back at my trials, the trials that forced me to my knees, the trials that caused me to cry out to the Lord more often and for longer periods of time, I think my relationship with God is what it is for the trials he's walked me through. He hasn't delivered me from everything, but he's delivered me from so much that I know that those things that I were not, I was not delivered from were also for my good. And they caused me to long for that trumpet, for the trumpet blast when the Lord returns with a shout to sew this world up, put it, uh, uh, you know, transform it and recreate it and then begin our eternity forever living with him in a new world, in a new earth. What a joy that's going to be. Now, Marty, we, we have spent a long time because I forced you there on why this psalm, this book, why the Psalms are so good for hurting families. You, let me just give you one more opportunity. to who is, this, who is this book for? It's called Wonderful. It's a book on the Psalms for families. Uh, who, who, who will benefit from this book? Well, I will tell you this. You ask the question, who would benefit from the Psalms? And I would say the Lord has given them to us all. But if you're a person that would like your family to be able to much easily, more easily understand the Psalms and see the brilliance behind the way they've been organized by the mysterious editor who we don't know who it is, who put them all together. You know, there were thousands of songs. These 150 Psalms were put together by a spirit-inspired editor who connects them together with a purpose. If you want to learn about this book and you want your family to be able to mine the Psalms, then this book is for you. Thank you, Marty. If I may, before we finish, we, we have a book out that I'd like to think is going with the grain of what your ministry is about. It's, you've mentioned it already. It's called Meals with Jesus. It's a walk through the meals Jesus has in Luke's gospel. What did you think? 
I'll tell you, the, the thing that I love, and you are standing right there with me in partnership to help families, you say in your book that it really only takes 10 minutes a day. And as I looked through and I saw the devotions, I'd, I said, yeah, you know what? You can get this done in 10 minutes. And once again, uh, a parent doesn't have to figure out what to do. You give them everything that they can do. Ideas, you don't force them upon the, the folks. You give them a passage. You give them a little bit of information about it. And then you give them some activities that they could do. What a, what a wonderful aid for, for parents to be able to pick up a book and think, I don't need anything else but my Bible and this book, and I can uh, provide a wonderful uh, learning experience for my children to teach them about the Lord. That's what you've done. I think you've done a great job. Marty, thank you very much. <laughs> Those are kind words indeed. I want to thank you also for... Uh, it's a fairly strange thing to be recorded having a conversation where you have encouraged and helped me and given me some words to say to my daughter this evening. I'm very grateful and it, it feels God-given. And I, I'll certainly be praying that this podcast is as useful to other families as it has been to me. W would you just finish by praying for some families who are listening? I'd love to. Lord, I thank you that we can run to you in times of trouble. There are troubles small and troubles large, and people listening have some in each category. I pray, Lord God, that when our troubles are small, we would not forget you and falsely think that we can handle them on our own. And when our troubles are large, I pray, Lord, that we would not forget you, thinking that we're left all to ourselves all alone to try to handle it. The wonderful news, and I pray that you would impress this upon each person listening, is that God wants to share in the small troubles to keep you close to him. And he wants to rescue you from the large troubles that you would know you have not been abandoned. So strike up a fresh cord of faith for your parenting and know that the Lord of the universe who spoke and said, let there be light and the light shone is your God, is your deliverer and is your help. I pray that you would do that, Lord, in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Marty, I'm very grateful for that. Uh, if this is your first time visiting Faith in Kids because you saw Marty's name on it, please do subscribe to this podcast, whatever platform you're using. If you want to hear more from us as an organization, go to our website and register. We'd love to send you updates. You could take us off as soon as you get bored of them. Uh, but thank you, Marty Machowski, very much. God bless your efforts for his glory. Bye-bye. Glad to be on your show. Just before you go, thank you so much for listening. My name's Rachel, and I'm fairly new to the Faith in Kids team. Just a quick shout out that we've produced a book, Meals with Jesus. Ed's written a collection of 10-minute family devotions that explore Jesus' character through nine meals he shares in Luke's Gospel. Maybe now is the time to build new habits for your family through lockdown. This book is to help you have a go at reading the Bible with your kids, maybe for your first ever family Bible time. Meals with Jesus has separate questions for different age groups, so the whole family can enjoy looking at the Bible together 
As you read these passages, your children will be transported to the dinner table alongside Jesus, seeing for themselves who Jesus really is and why they can trust him. You can either download the ebook or order a print copy by heading to thegoodbook.co.uk or thegoodbook.com and search Meals with Jesus. Jesus.